So one thing I want to make clear, because it's not always clear, if you are employed and you have a retirement plan at work and you're still employed, the chances that you can use that for real estate are very slim. There is a new American dream, one that doesn't involve working till you're 65 before you start enjoying life. If you're someone looking for ways to regain control over your time and check off that bucket list now, you're in the right place. We share tips from experts on investing, personal finance, and mindset so that you can finally have the freedom to work less and live more. This is the Freedom Investing Podcast with your host, Chris Torabio. What's going on, everyone? This is Chris Torabio with the Freedom Investing Podcast, and I am so happy you're here to join us for another amazing episode. If this is your first time tuning in, welcome to the show. Please make sure to hit the subscribe button so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. Moving on to today's guest, we have Trevor Thompson. Trevor is based in Austin, Texas. He's an accredited investor participating in lim as a limited partner in 18 deals and a general partner in one. He is currently invested in multifamily apartments, a retail strip mall, a townhouse to condo conversion, a single family rental portfolio fund, a ground up multifamily fund and a medical office building, land development, and self-storage. He is all over the place when it comes to investing in real estate, and we're great and excited to have him here on the show. Over the past few years, he's become deeply passionate about learning about active real estate investing. He's been an avid learner. I can speak firsthand that he is continually connecting with many like-minded individuals, and he is now switching to being an active syndicator in Texas. Trevor, welcome to the show. Before we dive into it, give us a quick two-minute rundown of who you are, what your background is, and where you are in your journey to achieving time freedom. Yeah, so I'm originally from Niagara Falls, Canada. I spent most of my initial career in the attractions entertainment business. So I worked for Ripley's Believe It or Not, 18 years with Guinness World of Records, went to Orlando and opened a year-round haunted house. And then my last stint was with iFly Indoor Skydiving. And very interesting that our first team meeting, the owner gave everybody a copy of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So that was pretty cool. Um, although I didn't do anything about real estate investing till about five years ago, um, it, I definitely, the book touched me and it was always in the back of my mind. This is something I needed to do. That's so funny. We, we have recorded about seven episodes so far and Rich Dad Poor Dad has been a book that has been the one consistent book that has touched as many lives as possible over these past few episodes. So yeah, uh, I have no surprise Bible. that it's affected you as well. Yeah. That's yeah. right. The Purple Bible, indeed. And it's interesting that your boss had actually provided that to his employees. That's really empowering. Yeah, he was a real entrepreneur, and he believed that people should create passive income. And he wanted to inspire people that work for him to be able to create passive income. That's amazing. I wish, uh, I wish more employers would have the opportunity to do that. Um, yeah. And you had mentioned that before you were also, you got into, so you went to... Um, you were working for iFly, but on top of that, you also ran a haunted house year-round. So how did you get into yeah, that so space? I yeah, I did that before. So I was actually trying to do a Guinness World of Records in Orlando, and I couldn't get the franchise rights. And I had a friend, the guy that I was going to be my landlord for the Guinness, said, I've got this strange property. I don't quite know what to do with it. And we all decided to build a haunted house on it. Um, it wasn't something I had a lot of experience and sadly wasn't that successful but I did stay with it for three years. And then it lasted about three years after I left. Um, and then it, uh, he sold the property and closed it down. 
Wow. So despite all of this experience over these years, you eventually got into passive real estate investing about five years ago. What sparked your interest in real estate as opposed to other asset classes like the stock market or other businesses or cryptocurrency? Yeah. So I've always been fascinated with real estate. You know, I watched the house hunters and the flipper shows and never really wanted to flip houses. Um, wasn't something that was appealing to me. But then I stumbled across multifamily and I thought, well, this is like a business. This isn't, this is a different format for me. And then the more I started to learn in it, the more I realized it truly is a business. You know, there's a plan, there's things to do. People collect money, get bank loans. Um, you know, it's longer than like a few months. It can last anywhere from three to 10 years, let's say. And I just started getting more and more fascinated with it. And then I finally decided to make the leap. And then obviously I jumped in pretty deep with as many investments as I did. Yeah, you absolutely did. Can you kind of talk to us a little bit about how your experience was um, as your first passive investment? Yeah, so my first two passive investments. So I was looking for a mentoring program and I went to lots of those weekend warriors, you know, where they told you you could buy an office building with a credit card and be, beware people, you cannot. <laughs> um, and I never joined those groups. <laughs> But I did join another group and they were local in Texas. And, you know, I started get, getting interested in it. And I actually, my first few investments were with that group. Um, unfortunately, my first two investments weren't very successful. Um, I did not lose my capital, but we didn't make any money. I've had a third one go full cycle where I have made money. And there's two more that are up for sale that should also provide a really good return for me. Um, but, uh, you know, it's... I definitely learned a lot just by doing my first few investments and trying to pay attention to what I could figure out and why were they working or not working. And of course, now I know a lot more, I'm a bit much more careful who I invest with. And I look, I can really understand the, the, all the parameters of the deal a lot better. Yeah, that's a great point that you brought up there. And it's something that continuously goes around when we were going and, and learning about the business of commercial real estate and syndications was that you're not necessarily betting on the on the horse, you're betting on the jockey, right? Who is yeah. the people, who are the team uh, members that are actually going to be there executing the business plan, finding the deal, evaluating those opportunities, and really making sure that they're not only well-versed in the industry, but also well-connected. Can you kind of share with us a little bit more about, um, you know, from those first few deals, what else changed when you started getting to those third, fourth, and fifth deals? Yeah, so I started investing more for diversification and connecting with different people. So I was very fascinated with, okay, so I would meet somebody, like what they're doing, feel good about what they're doing, and invest with deals, hoping that I could do a deal with them. Um, in fact, there's a local sponsor here, Joel Fine, and I've invested in a lot and we've made offers together. We just haven't won a property, but it's been a lot more investing relationships. So I want to support them in the deals they're doing in hopes to get on a, on a syndication with them as a partner um, in the future. And this business is very much relationship driven and team driven. And so I've really been thoughtful now who I invest with. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, Joel Fine, I just want to plug him in there as well, because we had a chance to meet Trevor down in Austin last year. Uh, we went ahead and went to Joel Fine's meetup over down in Austin, and that was a fantastic meetup. So I just want to make sure I put that one out there. If anybody's in Austin, you can meet Trevor, and you can also meet Joel Fine that's out there as well. <laughs>
Yeah, he even made me a co-host this year. He did. That's right. You are you are one of the co-hosts there. And uh, again, it's a fantastic meetup. The venue itself has grown. I keep seeing those pictures and uh, video footage on social media and have noticed that uh, it's a really growing, really fruitful meetup over there with a great yeah. group of people. So if there's anything that stuck out to us, Trevor, uh, over the past few years is you are everywhere. I don't know how it's possible that you have been able to make it so that way you are attending multiple meetups throughout the week. Um, you were just always on it, both in person and online. How have you been structuring your day in terms of a time management perspective to make sure that you're able to attend all of these networking events? Yes. So it's been very important to me to connect with people. You know, I firmly believe that your network is your net worth. And so I've been working extra hard. Um, I have a little saying now that I'm going to work so hard that I no longer have to introduce myself when I go into a room uh, that people will already know me through my social media posts or being at events. And I'm definitely seeing it. I'm seeing people reaching out to me, man, you're everywhere. How are you doing? Um, it's a lot of work. I'm not going to lie. Um, I work very hard to do that. And but it's paying off now because people are calling me and trying to get me to help them do deals in Texas. And that was the whole reason behind the method behind my madness, I guess you could say, is to be seen as somebody in the Texas market that is a local expert. So, Trevor, as someone who is interested in kind of investing in real estate as well, but doesn't really know how. What are some of the resources and what's up? what sort of advice would you give to someone who's interested in investing in this space to start? Yeah, the most important thing to begin with is to start educating yourself so that you understand a little more. I recommend a book a lot, Passive Investing by James Kamasami. Um, it's a fabulous book. It really gives you um, a simplistic but thorough overview of what it means to be a passive investor, the things that you need to look at. And then start just absorbing things, right? Start looking at podcasts, webinars, going to different events to get educated. Um, education is by far the first step, and it's super important so that you understand the basics of what you're going to do. Then you need to start connecting with people that you, you resonate with, right? You want to invest with people that think and do things similar the way you want, right? You want your values aligned. And so you start looking for those syndicators, looking for those people and start following them. And I, you know, I call it stalking, uh, but you know, it's, uh, but start following <laughs> them to get, get connected to all of the things that they're doing. And then once you do that, you'll have a much better idea about the reality of them, right? Everybody has this superficial social media presence that I'm wonderful doing tons of deals, but you really want to get to know the people that you're giving your money to. That's after you're educated, it is definitely, as you mentioned, the jockey, right? You want to know them. Other things are definitely important, right? You still need to know what type of investment is suitable for you at that stage of your life, right? Do you need cash flow? Are you looking for wealth generation? Are you looking for wealth preservation? You know, you get older, you want to preserve it and you're okay with less returns. You're younger, you could be a little more risky. Um, you go from where I went working to not working. Now you need a little more cash flow. So there's lots of different ways that you can invest. So not only the person, but the investment mechanism 
suits your financial needs at the moment. That's a really great point there because as you had mentioned, there are a ton of different ways to invest in real estate and how you would go about evaluating what type of deals you want to invest in really depends on taking inventory of what it is you currently need in-house, your personal financial situation. So can you kind of give us an example maybe of someone who maybe quit their job, what they might be looking to invest in, as opposed to someone who is just a busy professional who really wants to just grow their wealth long term? How would those two different investment strategies differ from a passive investment standpoint? Yeah, so definitely. So when I was working, I was worried about what I'm going to call wealth growth, wealth accumulation, right? I didn't, almost month quarterly cash flow was a nuisance to deal with. You know, I wanted, I wanted to know what is the multiplier of my money, right? So things like new builds, new builds, you know, they don't pay anything until they get up and built and then they usually sell them shortly after they start cash flowing, but they can be a big return, right? And so at the end of the day, it's your return. Now I'm no longer working. I'm looking for deals that have some sort of cash flow. Um, I understand on most deals, the majority of the money is made on sale, but you want to have some cash flow coming through. And even some of the deals I did, for example, the medical center, it's with my retirement funds and it's just a straight 10% payment. There is no upside, but I want to be safe with my retirement money. I'm okay to get that smaller return. And, you know, and so I just invested that way. So there's a lot of different ways to look at your investments and figure out, you know, what's most important for you. Yeah, that's a great breakdown there because it's obviously there are so many different ways to earn money in real estate and having a really good sense of what it is that you currently need uh, will really determine what type of deals you should be looking at. Um, you had mentioned retirement accounts, and that's a huge thing that I think a lot of people really don't realize is you can diversify into real estate syndications by investing through your retirement accounts. So can you kind of break us through the different ways someone can possibly invest in real estate? Uh, it's not just going to be out of their own cash, right? There's got to be other ways. Yeah. So, so one thing I want to make clear, because it's not always clear. If you are employed and you have a retirement plan at work and you're still employed, the chances that you can use that for real estate are very slim. It's when you've switched jobs and you've been able to take your 401k or what your retirement money and you've been able to move it to a different source. Then you can move it to a custodian that will allow you to invest it how you see fit. And of course, you can invest in real estate. So five of my investments are actually through my self-directed IRA. um, And it's a very good way to build it. Um, And then, of course, anything I do earn in it goes back into the account and is tax-free. Fantastic. So that kind of addresses the different tax benefits that uh, you can also take advantage of. Um, Now, if this wasn't through a tax-sheltered retirement account, can you still benefit from tax benefits uh, through investing in these type of syndications? Yeah, so definitely. So your earnings mostly on the stock market and different things will come more as ordinary income, um, where your real estate investments will come as as capital gains, right? So you've invested in something, you've got capital gains. But on the other side of the investment, you'll get some depreciation from the real estate. And again, if you're self, if you're employed, you can only write these, these, losses, these depreciation losses, which aren't real losses, they're just paper losses against your passive income. But once you switch and become full-time real estate investor, 
Um, you can use it at, for everything that you do. But for the average person, you can still almost pay no tax on all of your passive income when you start applying the, you know, the depreciation that you get from a deal. Um, love them or hate them, you know, when Donald Trump said, I pay no taxes, um, it's because of real estate. He pays no taxes. It's, it's not because he's a shyster. And these are all things that are in the tax code to incentivize people to create housing because there's a housing shortage in America. And so it is something that your government per puts up there for you to take advantage of to make real estate investing more popular. Fantastic. That's a great, great breakdown over there. And for those interested in learning more about the tax benefits of real estate investing, we have a blog that's up on our website. Check out www.freedominvesting.com slash blog. And you can read an article over there or several articles over there. They kind of break down the different benefits of passive real estate investing from a tax standpoint, as well as the different terminology that's associated with it. We also look forward to having a webinar that's going to be coming up in a few months with IRA Club. And they're going to be discussing how you can leverage your old retirement accounts and self-direct them, as Trevor had mentioned, so that way you can also invest in real estate. All right, folks, so we're coming towards the end of today's show. But before we finish, it is time for the Freedom Five. These are five questions that we ask every guest on our show, starting with the most important question, which is what is your why? What is the underlying motivation behind everything it is that you do? Yeah, so my why is fairly simplistic. I want to make better places for people to live, better places for the people that manage those properties to work take my passive investors and make them money so that they can go live their why. Um, and it's very important. Their why is always different than everybody else's, right? And your why changes throughout your life um, of what you want your why to be. So I, I enjoy empowering people to be able to have their why after I make a better place for people to live. I love that. That's that's great. And if if your why can be fulfilled by helping others fulfill their why, how much more rewarding life can you have at that point? Um, the second question that we have is what book has had the largest influence on your life? Yeah. So on real estate side, of course, it was uh, the best syndication book ever by Joe Fairless. Um, but on business side, the most powerful book has been Grant Cardone's 10X. And then you need to follow it by listening to Be Obsessed or Be Average and do them both in audio. It's amazing. It is life changing. No doubt about it. In audio too, are the are the authors actually narrating those books in audio? Is that, is that what you're is in audio narrating sure? his own book, and and uh, it, he does a fabulous job. <laughs> it, I recommend it's life changing. It really is. I got to check that out on audiobook for sure. The third question is: What is the most impactful thing, whether that be a piece of technology, a habit, or a person that has helped in freeing up your time? Wow. Um, that gets everybody. You know, yeah. It, you know, it's my iPhone, man. You know, I'm an old guy. I remember this big <laughs> old box that I carried around. It's like that thing is more powerful than my first computer I had. Um, it's just amazing. You can do anything anywhere, you know, sitting, waiting for an appointment. You can send, it's just amazing. So that for me is, is, is what's empowered me. And again, being so active on social media, I just sit there and scan through and I can, I can, you know, 
get quite a bit done in a short period of time just from the power of that iPhone. Absolutely. Yeah, you have a computer at your fingertips and you can be anywhere in the world and still have the opportunity to work on your business, which is huge. We had uh, we had Brian Briscoe on one of our previous episodes and he said that for a very long time, he purposely took public transportation to work so that way he can maximize his productivity in his business. And yeah. as you can imagine, if you have an iPhone on you, you are literally taking your computer along with you on the road yeah. while you're able to you know, go, when you're on your way to work or on your way to somewhere else. Yeah. Um, the fourth question that we have here is, what is your number one piece of advice you would give to anyone looking to achieve more control over their time? You know, so the, the most, the, the hardest book I ever read was The One Thing. And it talks about, you know, focusing more on the things that are important and there was another very challenging book. I'm a control freak and the who, not how, um, you know, um, and I have not mastered those. And so I'm still a slave to myself. But my goal is to be able to master both of those. Yeah, absolutely. Gary Keller, The One Thing and Who, Not How are really, really impactful books in our life as well. Um, for those who haven't read it, um, it really kind of gives you a choice. And that choice is whether you want to do everything it is on your own. Or if you want to uh, bring people on board who have complementary skill sets to you and really leverage out the expertise of others to be able to get the goal that you want to achieve completed. Um, and, and Trevor, would you say that that kind of goes hand in hand with the culture of commercial real estate investing in general and that it's really a team sport? Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, and... The last and final question here is, what is the best way for our listeners to get in contact with you? Yeah, so I'm obviously, as we've talked about, I'm very active on social media. So you can find me Facebook and LinkedIn, K Trevor Thompson, uh, very active there. Always helps if you make some sort of comment, like why I should accept your invite, because I get quite a few and I don't accept them all. Um, so you, if you have not in real estate <laughs> or whatever, say you saw this podcast, um, and my company is, I'm from Niagara Falls, so it's niagara-investments.com. So I have a website. And then my email is simply my initials, ktt at niagara-investments.com. I love it. Well, Trevor, tons of great information today. I really liked how you talked about your experience as a businessman scaling into passive investing, how you leverage your retirement accounts, as well as other other ways that you can passively invest into deals, as well as your learning experience that you've come across throughout those years of investing in those multiple deals. Um, I think that's going to provide a lot of insight for people who are interested in scaling into this space. And uh, I just want to thank you again for being a fantastic guest, and we look forward to remaining in touch. Well, it's my pleasure. Pleasure to be here. Now, if you like this show and want to learn more about how we can help you free up your time through passive real estate investments, check out www.freedominvesting.com. Make sure to subscribe to our monthly newsletter and schedule an introductory call with our team. We also have a free seven-day course on what passive real estate investing is and how to get started so that you can start your journey towards earning back more time in your life. To all of our amazing listeners here on the Freedom Investing Podcast, my name is Chris Tribio. Till next time.